0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the question for us this this day is, is, where is Jesus? And if you'd been here with us on Friday evening, you might have pointed at the nativities uh, and said, well, there is Jesus in the manger. If you're here with us yesterday, you might have heard, uh, uh, you might have said or answered the question after hearing the gospel reading that, well, the eternal word of God was made flesh and who Dwelt among us. That's where Jesus is. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Well, how would you answer that question today? And just as importantly, where do you look to answer that question? Where is Jesus? Well, I suppose you could look a number of places these days. You could go to Alexa, Google, Siri, or the like. And if anyone's phone goes off, I'm sorry. Uh, The most reliable place, though, is the Holy Scriptures, right? The 66 books of the Bible point us ever to Jesus. You wouldn't be far off if you were to answer the question, where is Jesus, by simply saying, well, he's in the scriptures, in the Bible. Because each page, every verse in the scriptures are pointing us to where God makes his presence known. You just can't accurately answer the question, where is Jesus apart from the Holy Scriptures? For when you hear the Scriptures, you'll notice, you'll notice that they answer the question of where is Jesus by revealing who Jesus is. Alright, then well, who is Jesus? Well, in the scriptures, we hear that, that that Jesus is fully God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and truly and fully fully man, born of the Virgin Mary. Remember uh, in Luke 1, when the angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Where is Jesus, and who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is both fully human and divine, and there, found in the womb of the Virgin Mary. The angel's words recorded in the scripture give us more detail about who Jesus is. Jesus is king, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is the one for who the people of Israel have been waiting for since the time of David centuries earlier. He will be the glory of the people of Israel. Well, who is Jesus? Well, there's still more concerning who this Jesus is. An angel also appears to shepherds who are keeping watch over their flocks by night, and they say, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So you don't have to read very far in the Scriptures even to find out the answer to who is Jesus. It's clear. Jesus is fully God, fully man. He is the Savior and He is the King whose kingdom endures forever. But where is Jesus? Well, what we read this morning in the scriptures, what Pastor Sway read for us, is locating Jesus now in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, this event takes 40 days after the Nativity, right? But in our readings for this first Sunday in Christmas, which was yesterday, we read that that Mary and Joseph bring the baby Jesus, now 40 days old, to the temple. He was brought there for a special purpose. He was brought to, to the temple to have his life consecrated for God's service. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, we read from the, the time of Exodus the Jews have been consecrating their firstborn to the Lord. And here's why. Moses said to the people, When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn from among your sons you shall redeem. And when when in when in time to come, your son asks you, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. This was the tenth and the final plague, right? Therefore, now I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first open the womb, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeem. This was a children's message. This was a uh, uh, an, an act that brought the past to the future, to the present. Right? Consecration was for the firstborn males, both of animals and of people. To remind God's people of the redemption, what God has done, His salvation for them while they were enslaved in Egypt, to bring that past into their present, it was to teach and to instruct the people, the children, really, who God is and where God, uh, uh, who God is and where God is. For them who were going through this, this time of consecration, it was to remind them that God was with the people in Egypt for the purpose of saving and redeeming them. But we, that's not the only reason that Mary and Joseph and, G- and Jesus are in the temple. For along with the consecration of the firstborn, there was a sacrifice that was offered for the, par- the purification after childbirth. And this primarily was for Mary. The parents who could afford would bring a a lamb or, or a dove, one for a burnt offering and one for a sin offering. Well, Mary and Joseph, being poor, could only afford to bring two doves for the sacrifice. And in the act of bringing their sacrifice, they were confessing that they themselves had sin from which they needed cleansing. Mary and Joseph, remember, were righteous, but they weren't sinless. They believed God's word from Psalm 51, which read, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Or as we might say, I am by nature sinful and unclean. Behold, you delight in the truth and the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. I shall be purified. And so Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus to the temple to the priest so that Jesus could be consecrated and that Mary along with Joseph would be purified from their sin. And so in our reading for today this is where we find Jesus. He's in the temple. And we again see who Jesus is. He is the firstborn. He's consecrated Uh, to God for his work of salvation. Uh, Consider this. I mean, Mary and Joseph, they were doing what the Lord commands. This is why they were righteous. They weren't knowing, they weren't fully grasping the magnitude of what God was doing for them and for all in their midst. They didn't fully realize that they were carrying in their arms the perfect, sinless Son of God, who is fully consecrated for his service as the Savior King and the perfect high priest. They don't yet understand that this 40-day-old firstborn son has now already begun fulfilling the law so that later in life he might bring, to perfect, uh, he might bring about the perfect purification for the sins of all through the shedding of his holy, innocent, and precious blood. I mean, for Mary and Joseph, this is all just unfolding. They're simply bringing Jesus to the temple because it is right or righteous for them to do that. It's here in the temple. From there, for here is the temple is where the Lord promised to meet with his people to purify them from their sins. The temple is where God promised to reveal his salvation to the people. And for the people to actively participate in the Lord's salvation history. This is the place where, where the king would dwell with his people. If we were to ask them the question, where is God and what does God do? Mary and Joseph would have answered, well, he's in the temple to purify us and, from our sin and to save us. So this is where we find Mary and Joseph. Two sinners who are looking for salvation and cleansing from their sin in the temple. But they're not the only ones there. We read about Simeon who meets Mary and Joseph in the temple courtyard. He's a man who has been waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would behold the Messiah, or the anointed one, who would bring true and lasting comfort. The Lord's people and it was revealed to, to Simeon that he would see the king and the Savior before Simeon's life was over. and it's right there in the temple courts where this ta- this takes place. Simeon is seeing the Lord's salvation as he cradles the Savior king in his arms. the little child consecrated in the temple and redeemed of the Lord is the one who will be anointed with the Holy Spirit for the redemption of all. Simeon's words foretell the life of the Savior King. He will cause the rising and the falling of many in Israel. He will be a sign that is spoken against. He will reveal the hearts and thoughts of all, and a sword will pierce through the heart not only of Mary, but of all Israel. If we continue to read in the scriptures, we find that many will follow Jesus in later years, but also many will reject him. Many will speak well of him and believe, that, believe what he says and what he does, and others will curse and slander him. He will reveal the, thought, the thoughts and the hearts of all. He will suffer and die, and his death will be for all people. A light for the Gentiles who live in darkness, glory for the Israelites from whom Jesus is the descendant by blood. He will break the bonds of sin, he will loose the shackles of death, he will burst the bars of of hell, he will lead his people through a greater exodus. The temple of his body will be destroyed, but it will be raised up in three days. All that would be in the future. As Simeon held the baby Savior in his arms, and yet, then and there, he knew that he had seen the Lord's Christ, this one who would be the comfort of Israel. Jesus was in the temple; he was fulfilling all righteousness as the Savior King. His salvation would involve his death. His the body of Jesus that is the temple of God would be torn down at the cross so that the firstborn would redeem all of creation from their slavery to sin, death, and the devil. He was sacrificed, and his blood was shed for the perfect purification of the sin of the world. His rising again demonstrated that the words spoken of him by the prophets, by the angels, and even by himself, and recorded in the Holy Scriptures, are true and right. This is who Jesus is. But where do you find him today? You find him where he's promised to be. Jesus loves you so much that he has come to cleanse you of your sin. While it cannot be said that Jesus was conceived and born in sin, well, you and I were. While Jesus was not born into the slavery of sin and death, we were. And Jesus willingly entered into our lives of sin and death so that he might cleanse us from all sin and unrighteousness. He has come to create in us clean hearts so that he might make our bodies his dwelling place, temples of the Holy Spirit. For unless Jesus comes to create in you a clean heart and dwell in you Well, we're left in the filth and slavery of sin and death. This is what Jesus promises to do for us in holy baptism. To give us his spirit and to purify us from our sin. Jesus comes to live in our hearts by faith as we trust that he is where he promises to be found. In his word and in his sacraments. For he is present by his word as he promises, this is my body. And faith takes him at his word. He promises to be among you here to forgive you and to give you strength. He comes to sanctify you and to make you holy through his body and blood. This is where Jesus is in word and sacrament for the purpose of forgiving your sin and purifying you from all unrighteousness. He is Emmanuel, God with us. You know, we live now by faith in what Jesus has done and what he's promised, as recorded for us in the Holy Scriptures. We're confident that, that, that Jesus is, promise, is, is present as he's promised in word and sacrament. But you know, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a time that's coming when we will see with our eyes like faithful Simeon. For on that last day, we will see Jesus in the flesh. We will be in his presence in the fullest way. We will see the fullness of the comfort proclaimed by Isaiah, the consolation that Simeon saw through the eyes of faith as he held in his arms the infant Messiah. For when Jesus comes in glory, we will see the one who is crucified, but who is now alive. Because we have seen him here and now through the eyes of faith. In those days yet to come, There will be no question as to where Jesus is or who he is. For his people will see him as he is. God in the flesh, among us, who has come to save us. All because Jesus was first found in the temple, so that he might fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is always where he promises to be. Here in his word, here at the altar, there in the font. Who is Jesus? He is the Savior King, the perfect High Priest. Where is Jesus? Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us for our salvation, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Emmanuel.